0: Special thanks to everyone who pledged money to crowdfund the show this week, including Matt Lacey, David Walker, Tim Edwards, Ilico Elia, Andy Hagan, Jamie Holland, Roland Roberts, Ian Wilkinson, Alistair Harding, Dan Lane, Ian Mercer and John Balshaw. There's a full list of our supporters on 361podcast.com, along with information on how to help us for as little as $1 per episode via Patreon. Hello and welcome to 361, a weekly podcast about mobile tech and the world around it. My name is Ben Smith.
1: I'm Ewan MacLeod.
2: And I'm Rafe Blanford.
0: This week we're answering a listener's
1: question. We're talking about the future of apps. And we're arguing are they still relevant?
0: All right, chaps, how are you doing? I
1: am feeling very good. How are you? I'm good, thank you, Ralph Blanford. I'm quite well, thank you. Quite
0: well, how lovely.
1: Yes, That's that super Delicately lovely. beautiful.
0: Ralph Blanford is quite lovely. Mm-hmm. Super. Right, uh, let's do it. What are we doing today? Well, this week we had a big topic planned and it was all very exciting. And then a friend of the show, Matt Lacey, wrote in. He is a mobile developer and expert guru person of his in his own right. And uh, we're going to pop a, a link to his site in the show notes because he blogs and writes about mobile stuff and you should definitely go and read it because yep. it's jolly good.
2: And you should read this book that he's just written as and well. And he has just written a book yep. as
0: well. So go and buy that as well. But he wrote him some questions, which were way more interesting than the ones we were going to answer. So we're going to answer his questions okay. and it's uh, going to provide the, the topic for the show.
2: But Before first, we get there, Ben, how are you feeling really...
0: I think, probably, Rafe, I would characterize it as resentment, anger. Oh, we're talking about the challenge. Contempt. That's what you're asking, the Android mm-hmm. challenge. Disappointment. Yes. Frustration, sleeplessness, a little bit of incontinence. I,
2: I, I do, I'm detecting the odd modicum of negative emotion here. It's been a little while. Here. <laughs> are, are you perhaps not entirely pleased with your Android handset that you were so generously given?
0: So... I decided I was going to be good to my word, and I'm genuinely using it as my primary handset all day, every day. And in that regard, some of the learned differences, some of the things that just grated about, you know, where things were in a different place, that's wearing off a bit now. Yeah. Like the notifications tray and pulling down, but pulling up. Yeah, to you finally- were doing a lot of morning. I'm, justifiably. It was not an easy transition. And I mean, I think that's an observation, which is we, before the show, we were talking about what would it take you to switch. And we talked about, oh, you know, this app or that app or, or, you know, kind of iMessage or or WhatsApp and things like that. But actually, it's a pain. It takes weeks and weeks to unlearn all those things, and it grates during that time. But what I can't get past setting aside the fact that it's different and that just takes time to get used to. And I think I'm there now. We're many weeks in and I think I have, you know, mostly unlearned, you know, the iOS-specific I- behaviours. Yeah, I
1: think that's been your problem, by the way. You are well, too
0: much of an, a fanboy, too no. lazy, I all right, think. Well, let me, all right, let me tell you a story that I have cherry-picked because this will irritate you. Okay. okay?
1: No,
0: no, no, no. Yeah. So, had my phone in the car the other day. Yes. Driving along, mm-hmm. yeah. Phone battery's pretty low, yeah, so... I put on the battery saver. Good idea. Okay. Then I plugged it in to the charger in my car because I want to charge it up. Yeah. But like I've only literally like one or 2%. So I need the battery saver to stay on, Yeah, whilst it's plugged in. Yes. that plugged it in, that automatically turns the battery saver off. Yeah. Right. That then makes a bong noise because I think I've plugged it in, or it lights the screen up because it's oh, charging. Yeah. yeah. That then makes the device turn off because it's run out of battery. It then charges for thirty seconds, turns back on. It's charging, so it flashes the screen bright and says I'm charging. That then runs the battery back out down to zero, so it turns itself <laughs> off. Oh dear. So I am driving <laughs> on the. Mo- I'm driving on the most. In the end, I, I, I kid you not. Sorry, Rafe, I ripped. The USB cable out of the console where it was charging, and literally chucked the phone on the floor and just left it off for the journey. So I was on, in, on contact. You had
2: me. angry Ben.
0: Well, I was angry, but also like I mean, in in that situation, I couldn't drive along with the phone flashing at me every minute, and I was completely out of contact. Can you just put it off?
2: Well, but that was that was the point. But that I had to let it charge. No, because it switches back on again. It's actually a problem with car charging. Modern smartphones expect to get their power at a certain level and the, oh, the card doesn't yeah. provide much, which is also why it takes ages to charge. Yeah. You see, because if I had
0: been able to have the phone on long enough to actually turn it off with the switch, so the phone was in an off state, then I could have charged it. I probably could have charged it up, but the trouble was the phone thought it was on, and so as soon as it got enough oh, power, it yeah. powered back on into an on state. Now, that's probably not an Android thing. That could well be just a G4 thing or a combination unfortunate circumstance but that level of refinement like things like that that and I had that on Sembian devices years ago and it's that lack of refinement and you know I think it's about personal preference I will prefer a more refined experience with that is less capable yeah. Because I prefer the refinement over complexity of features.
2: Well, like you, I've actually switched my main scene finally. Into- actually,
0: Rafe, can I just ask in- you to, oh, that's fine, because I, I bumped into you in the week and we were just having a spot of dinner there. Well, and- we just a social occasion. And Ooh. I was just sitting at the table, looking at my Android phone, thinking, God, I hate you. And um, I looked over and I thought, oh, I wonder how Rafe Blanford's getting on with a the- wait a minute. That's not an Android phone in his hands. What was it, it,
2: happening here, Blanford? It, it was uh, an iPhone. So I'd retired my uh, Windows phone. It didn't have my personal sim in it anymore, but my work phone still has uh, simmers in an iPhone. So Ben saw that. I have since been making a deliberate effort to. my well,
1: hold on. You have since now, halfway well, through, more than halfway through the it,
2: series. In, in the sense that I actually felt a bit guilty after the hassle that Ben gave me, but actually it's more. During the working day, I tend to be on the work phone, and then at weekends and particularly late (laughs) in the evening, I will switch back to a personal phone. Isn't Uh, the
1: deal with this whole Android challenge that we're meant to use our primary handset needs to be Android? uh,
2: I would do. Is that right, Ben? Yeah, yeah. So this, and so so I consider my I consider my phone, my personal phone, as my primary handset. Uh huh. (laughs) So I'm. I will admit to feeling a bit guilty, but one of the things that I've noticed over the last few weeks is actually it's not so much the apps I have a problem with because actually you get those pretty easily on whatever platform you're on but the conventions of the platform if you're either switching back and forth a lot or going much deeper into it and it is things like notifications work just a little bit differently they're still pulled down from the top of the screen but the way they get combined together or what gets alerted and I think some of the inelegance of android is things like you get a whole bunch of icons sitting in your status bar for example yeah. so i can understand where ben's coming from but at the same time i've you know noticed some things which i really like so for example searching for a place in google maps on the desktop yeah. and then have it appear in the google now cards is just you know it just works and someone's obviously thought very carefully about that experience and so i was going out to meet ben at the restaurant and I'd done the search earlier just to remind myself where it was. I got the... Oh, I can't quite remember where it was. Brought the phone up, and there it was, right on the top of the screen. So it was using the context to understand you know, what I was going to do next. And it's smarter than the iPhone's ever been for that. And you know, it's actually relevant for this episode, because all of that was happening outside of an mm. app. And that's okay. one of the things we're going to be talking about.
0: What bugged me was I two apps recently I've been using Waze, for sort of social traffic navigation stuff and run Keeper. I've not been running, but I've been walking and I've been trying to work out how far. And you load them up and then you get in the notification bar. This app is still running. Would you like to turn it off? You know, it's great that Android allows you to run apps in the background, but they need to remind you like, hey, I'm still tracking or hey, I'm still navigating. Mm. And... It feels really alien to have to think about. Oh, yes, I've got to turn that app off. They literally, in Runkeeper, literally has an off button in the notification tray. Just sort of. Yeah, but is the this app? not a
2: more general pattern with with Android? I mean, you were saying you appreciate the almost the simplicity of Android, and you're you're willing to go for that. But at the same time, we should acknowledge that simplicity Android, of iPhone. Yeah. Uh, sorry, the simplicity yeah. of iPhone. We should acknowledge that uh, actually the fact that Android does allow you to do more does offer up some experiences that you might not otherwise get. But the cost of that is almost some rough edges. Mm. You and McLeod, how are you getting on?
1: Well, I have been pleasantly delighted continually using Android. I have the Samsung Galaxy S7. This is my one. If you remember, I gave the is, other one that's back. That's the edge, is it? The edge. Now, um, that's
0: a piece of hardware I do like. It, I'll give it you just that.
1: always feels wonderful in the hand. I really love it. It's nice in the back pocket, in the front pocket, whatever. I just really like holding it. I love the double tap on the home button to launch the camera really quickly. Snap, snap, snap. The photos are lovely. Photos is quite a big thing for me with the family. I recently went on holiday and I finally swapped from using the iPhone as my default photo creator. Because I do like the iPhone photos that move. What do they call it?
0: Live photos? Live
1: or, that's what they call it? Live photos. That Nokia called?
2: Living images in Nokia apartments. Oh
0: live photos. Yeah, live yeah,
1: well, photos. I, I quite like that and I like that because Google Photos uses them with a Samsung, you don't get that. But I just I got over it and I'm really liking it. I'm loving the fact that Google Photos runs in the background nicely. I think I mentioned before I'm enjoying Facebook Messenger so much more. Why? Just because I like the little talking heads.
0: I turn those off. Oh, it's it's really—I think it's nice and efficient. I don't live in a world where I want Facebook Messenger to be over the top of all of my other apps.
1: Well, I quickly switch the conversations off when I don't want them. But it's—it's nice, and the persistent nature of it is—I'm really enjoying not having to go into an app
0: all time. But you have a big circle on the screen all the
1: time, (laughs) (laughs) right? Google Play Store is perfectly fine.
0: It's tripe. It's absolute tripe. No, it works nicely. I, I searched for a big name app the other day, and yeah. it was near the top. But then I had a bit of a scroll down, just out of interest. Like, how can the list be this long? You know, I think it was City Mapper I was searching for. So, you know, quite a unique name and mm. a well-known app. Scroll down, and I was like, hang on a minute. Why am I getting stuff in you know Chinese or Korean or non-Latin script that is not ideal?
1: I would like that it's to be fixed. Sham. However, I don't I think Apple's the, I do think Apple is a little bit too simplistic now, right? I love the fact on my second screen are the train times. When I pick up my iPhone, because I'm still have still have to use the iPhone a lot, mm-hmm. it is definitely my secondary phone. It does feel very Fisher price.
0: I do loads of travel by train. Actually, it's very similar to you. And I thought, well, this is going to be a big point of differentiation. Loved it. Yeah. Unfortunately, the widgets don't update frequently enough and the push notifications from the app providers aren't timely enough. And I know that's not an Android thing, but the whole experience adds up to, I have never once, even in a few weeks of some of the most serious train disruption there's ever been on those lines that serve our homes, you know, the recent weather and all that kind of stuff, I've never had a notification or an alert there that I hadn't previously found either on Twitter, just with people going, uh," trains, or by me, going into the app and actively searching to see if my train was running on time. There's
1: a lot of configuration you've but got. It's, to. It's a, but it's, right, cause it's, you, it's your job it's, to go to find the, the s- right widget.
0: Yeah, but it's the story of Android. It's like kind of a nice idea of all the things hang together, but very rarely, I mean, Rafe's example about the Google Now cards, only when Google owns the whole thing and there's a massive great infrastructure behind it does it begin to become as smart as it promises it could be. I'm anyway, sorry, I took your point over, but I don't like it.
1: I am really enjoying it and I think I will use it more and more. Okay.
2: Should we maybe introduce the main topic for this episode? I, oh, ben? I thought you
0: said, should we all just give up on the Android challenge? Uh,
2: no, no, I think we need to stick with it for a few more weeks. And I think it, it's been interesting learning experience. One of the things that's been a big thing for me is actually there are more differences now between Android and iOS than I think there were right. a few years ago because Ra- Ra- there's
0: Rafe, a. Ralph for is segueing
2: there's there's much m- more of a philosophical differences between the way the two platforms operate and I mean I've seen this summarized as Android being kind of about dumb glass with kind of a smart cloud whereas mm-hmm. Apple is about having smart glass and a sort of relatively dumb cloud and they're both using the cloud as it's meant to be for kind of Back up and providing some potentially extra processing but that's reflected in the apps but also i think we're seeing an evolution of the way apps operate and that's what we're going to talk about in this episode
0: yeah so on to matt's questions and matt knows his stuff so we're going to literally use matt's questions as he sent them in so paying attention yes eyes down look in he says for many it seems the app bubble has burst matt i agree the novelty of their existence has passed and people are considering what comes next, almost on the assumption apps are going to go away. So is that a valid assumption? You, McLeod? Yes. Rafe Blanford is making his, you wrong face. Or he's well, negotiating a I particularly always, tricky poo. I can't tell.
1: Well, it could be. I have always <laughs> wanted the facility and the app gave me the facility in a poor experience, right? I don't have to keep on running apps all the time. The benefit I find with using Android more is that you can access stuff a lot quicker from the front screen, if you like.
2: Blanford? I don't think apps are going anywhere. I just think they're breaking out of the side in which they exist. Use human words to explain that. Apps up until this point, or at least a few years ago, have been quite self-contained. Increasingly, we're now seeing apps be represented in other places on the phone and I typically thinking about the operating system in that Google cards example we had earlier is one but it's also happening off the phone so the idea of things happening across device or maybe interacting with the same service in a different way and so that time between web and apps is the most obvious example of that but I think we're going to see much more of that as we see you know there being control points in the smart car in the smart home all of which are going to go back to the same kind of familiar service, but they're just going to exist in different endpoints
0: because yeah I, i think you're right because i don't think apps are going to go away because there's lots of times where you want to press a button and go into an experience that is just completely mediated by an app i mean a game is a good example just totally immersion, play my game, in and that's, that's an app in a classic sense. But actually, it's only recently that the smartphone ecosystems have been either open enough, in Apple's case, or mature enough and widely distributed enough, I think in Google's case, and I can feel the audience disagreeing with me, <laughs> that they now have hooks that developers can use to do exactly what you've said, which is to surface right, that so content. So wait a minute, wait I mean, a minute. I
1: want the to some toothpaste. I don't want an app. Yeah. Just get me the toothpaste, and
0: well, that has been my problem
1: from Nokia days, right? How do I? I just I think oh, I need some more toothpaste. But, but right now, I just want that done. I don't have to go to an app. I don't want to launch a service. Just get me new toothpaste. But right now,
0: both Android and iOS are now increasingly giving you a you could you could say you know hey Siri yeah or you know, okay Google or, get me yeah. or, or Alexa
1: that is yeah. not an app. It'd be but, really but clear
2: that's a facility. So I think we need to make a distinction here between what the consumer sees, and this is what I mean by opening up being outside a container. In fact, the way that technically those experiences are going to be delivered is still going to be through an app. So, what we're talking about here is why it's it, extensions.
1: No, see, I don't agree with you.
2: No, from a technical point of view, you still need an app or an object that is installed on the phone to just a service layer, to, to deliver just the, a service layer. But I
0: think you're being needlessly pedantic because you, you No,
2: no, you,
1: I accept your game element and, and no, for no, no, some but, experiences, but for a lot yeah. of the stuff we're doing, and
0: you know, I don't need an app to tell me the train times. No, so yeah. at the
1: moment, that's the only way i can get that data right yeah think
0: forward so let's play your yeah. scenario i yeah. want toothpaste yeah? yeah well take the words install the amazon app yeah and replace it with select amazon as my grocery provider which is at some point you as a consumer are going to need to say this is where i want to buy things from and this is my preferred place for Why? stuff no Go no,
1: no no i just need someone to get me the toothpaste it doesn't matter who it is if anything, it could well be Google that actually goes and decides who provides that so, toothpaste. You know, I mean, it doesn't need to be
2: Amazon. I think that access will probably be through. So it's, it's who through, owns the layer
1: virtual assistance. And, and we're talking messaging as the, the popular element at the minute, right?
2: If you go a bit further, that kind of idea of doing real-time bidding, effectively for those toothpaste. tasks, or basically programmatic bought to retail, in, yeah. in a sense, I think that can happen. But I think that's a particular use case, and I would also bring up the idea here that that will happen. And actually it's the analogy I'd use is mobile itself. We've seen apps and mobile web come along. And a lot of people early on thought they would replace desktop usage. And actually they've mainly been additive. Consumers have used the services more. You know, banking or shopping is a good example. Rather than doing one shop and filling up a basket on a website, they now order one item at a time using maybe a mobile app, maybe mobile web. I think the future we will see this fragment even more, and there will be more and more micro-interactions. And some of them will take place in apps, and some of them will take place in app extensions. And you're right, some of them will appear not to even take place in apps at all. But in order to get the kind of seamlessness of experience that you're talking about, there still will at some point need to be some kind of sign-up. And I think getting to your vision of if you like a programmatic sign up,
1: Blanford doesn't mean apps.
2: A program, yeah. and I don't think it does. But I think in order to deliver, stop talking about apps. Start talking in, about service. In order to deliver a experience for any service, I think apps will remain premier for the foreseeable future because you're needing them partly performance reasons, but mainly for experience reasons. Well, I
0: think I think Rafe's right because we're just not at the point where the ecosystems are mature enough to do what, what you've talked
1: about. What's the problem that? I think we're talking about the future, right I not mean, we? We're not talking well, about where we, we are now. Well, yeah, but
0: there's the, the imminent future. Over the next couple of years, it will be baby steps away from where we are now to the kind of thing you're talking about. Well, I don't know. But, I
1: don't know. I think Alexa is moving so, swiftly to that type of but, thing now. But, but
0: Alexa, I think, is a really poor example because Alexa is tied in with one service provi- yes with yes, one service uh, provider the, so. the
1: facility that, yeah. that it, it's the service element i'm thinking of right tell me when the train times are tell me when this tell me that so, tell yeah, me to, this. So, so, surface yeah. it in the right way to me so, don't yeah. want to have to choose what facility but what, what d- element or what interaction model but
0: you have to like because otherwise if you don't tell alexa when i say get me a car i mean an uber right if you just say alexa get me a car oh i need four seats I'm going to be going 20 miles or 30 miles or I want to go to this location or I'm going to need a return journey See, later I... in the day. When you select a service provider, you take away a ton of questions because you basically or, buy or, off or their no, no, limited no, no. I, menu. I think it's
1: a service facility, I'm thinking. I'm envisioning a world whereby there's a single interface. I think I'm a little bit more in the science fiction world than you guys are.
2: But fairyland. Fairyland, yeah. come on. And also I think you underestimate the importance of context and preference for most people. So people oh, okay. like... I'm not talking about it, no. I'm talking about in a few years' time. Even in a few years' time, you will need context to understand what your, say, your preferred hotel chain or airline is. And I think the virtual assistant probably will hold that agnostic of any app, but it will then need to call in a service and now whether that now service is yeah. presented in an app does it but i think apps will remain the containers on smartphones for all of those services those services will be expressed as we traditionally see them in the app Sometimes it will be through Siri or your other virtual assistant. Sometimes so it will be through a It's innovation immersion
1: theory. It dies every time you have to go into an app. But the whole like point
2: is you don't have to go into an app to experience an app. Go on,
0: then. Go on, mate. Go on, mate. Go no, I was just thinking, like, thanks for your question, Matt. I hope that's made it clear to you. <laughs> uh, best, best of luck with your next app. <laughs> Matt goes on to say, will apps go away? I think we all agree, yes. But at different speeds. Well, but at so different speeds. we weren't speed. agreeing. We weren't they disagreeing. evolve. Yeah. And also, I think you're being very, very literal about what an app is, because I think right now, an app is 90% below the surface connectivity to a service provider, and only a fraction is the presentation layer. And I'm just thinking about the consumer. And the presentation layer yeah. will definitely change, but yes. somewhere all that stuff, which is, you know, the thing that connects to your bank or the thing that tells Uber where you are and what your credit card details are, those things still need to be there, even if you don't
1: you I don't feel to, that I it don't. just needs to be the operating system, and I think that's where Google are moving very swiftly
0: to.
2: But yeah. I, I think you still need to get each of those services to plug into the operating system. So, but I think... The next so, question addresses well, this.
0: So, yeah, so let, let's, let's move on, because I think actually you know, there's a ton of questions here, and Matt's actually done a really good job of kind of laying out a story here. Matt, if you feel like writing the scripts to any podcast, you be sure to let us know. So he's saying, back when we started the Android Challenge, we mentioned we use loads of apps. I think we acknowledge that we're unusual in that regard, but he says, do you see this changing, and if so, how? And for me, that actually is one of the worries I have about what you're describing, which is, if I'm not choosing, if I can't have... Like, you look at my phone now. I've got four map applications. Yes. I've got at least five or six train apps. I've got four or five... You really Uber. care. You really care about that, right? But also, it reflects the fact that actually different things are good at different times.
1: You care to have the choice of different things at different times. But Most people will just use the app installed on the phone. Well, uh, or uh, maybe they, they might uh, go but, and install but Google no, but I,
0: I disagree because I, I think actually the more I look, like, um, let's take messaging apps. I go, right. think about my parents. Yeah, yep. They've got WhatsApp, they've got iMessage, they've got SMS, they've got... Oh, right. right, so Over- two
1: of those aren't apps as they would describe it, right? The phone's native messaging app, that's one thing, right? And then WhatsApp is an app they've had to download.
0: Yeah, okay. and then you've got Facebook messaging yep. and then you've got other messaging services as well. And people are completely used to now having a little line of messaging apps or comms apps, you know, on their phone. It's no problem to have the apps. It's no effort to download them. It's no problem to have them coexisting. It's not like in the bad old days where you'd be thinking, oh, I've only really got like space or data allowance for one app Mm. or something like that. Like, you know, I've got four mapping apps because if I'm going to do a walk I'll pick one. If I'm going to take some public transport, I'll pick a different one. If I'm searching for stuff, are you not stuff, unique in that? Though? I don't think so, because as people, if some, if how many for
1: listeners? I've got four different apps for mapping.
0: Take an iPhone user. Yeah. I guarantee that we've all got Apple Maps. Yeah. yeah that's the native one. Force that, that one, yeah. But also that's the one that, that pops up by default when you, when you link yeah, yeah. or whatever. So, you know, some people use it, even if it's not their preference. I bet most of them have got Google Maps because it's better in the UK to search and find I wonder that. I would,
1: I'd look, love to see the stats and
0: how many people actually download Google Maps. And I reckon people in on l- Apple. listeners in London, tons of them will have CityMapper. And so the point is at some point somebody will lean over to you and go, oh, actually, there's this amazing app for finding food. Yeah, yeah, Food yeah, restaurants yeah, no. and you go find down the download, download blah, um, blah 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 and now I'm looking for food but and the point is you get more and more specialized but the thing that meant you didn't want lots of apps in the past is gone. Just stick them in a folder. You know they're there. It's no problem. Have
2: multiple apps. I mean I'm the same because I've got OS maps which lets me have the Ordnance survey maps on my phone. I mean the interesting thing around this is there hasn't been that much change in the average number of apps that people install, if you look at the various data from the likes of CommScore, etc. You know, it's, all, it's all between 20 and 30 apps that the average person has installed. But I think actually one of the points that Euron's that missing around diversity of apps is we now have such big ecosystems, you know, a billion-plus in the case of Android, hundreds of millions for iOS. That's actually operating at a scale that's almost unprecedented in any other market, and so there is what that, am I missing? What's there, wrong with that? There is oh, that well, ability great. to have, yeah, it's great. And what it means is there's an ability to have multiple versions of each app and for it still to be sustainable for the supporting business models. What is the and problem so, here? You know, that, that's I'm why we've got 10 different over-the-top messaging apps.
0: Exactly, but this is the mistake. Is that, do you remember when people used to argue, oh, Facebook Messenger is going to beat WhatsApp, or WhatsApp will never beat inbuilt SMS Uh, and it was always the underlying assumption that one has to win yeah that we'll only use one and we have to pick the one that's going to win and nobody ever really said actually you'll just have them all and actually it will feel completely na- Yeah. And it will feel completely natural because you'll go to WhatsApp to deal with that group of friends and Facebook for that group of friends LinkedIn. and LinkedIn for work people and you know, you might even have Slack or Hipchat or yeah. you know, Snapchat if you're a young person.
2: But to circle back to Matt's original question, I don't see that kind of diversity of apps changing. What I do see changing is the way that you interact with those apps. And kind of to Ewan's point, there will be other surfaces on the phone that already exist. And we're kind of already seeing this. So we're seeing rich notifications in both Android N and iOS 10. And, you know, people joke about it. The lock screen becomes a new home screen. And while I think that's an exaggeration, there is an element of truth to that. And the extension, the idea that you can have apps surface themselves in iMessage or Apple News or Apple Maps. So, you know, the best apps will be ones that you never actually end up opening or you just open once or twice and you use on another surface 10 or 20 times. And I think a corollary to that is you're also seeing this idea of messaging apps become platforms in themselves. And people talk about bots being the new apps. I think that's a misnomer. But what isn't a misnomer is those bots will become an alternative way to access those familiar Services and it's just a different endpoint for them. So your example about wanting toothpaste, I can see you going to a Tesco's bot saying or an Amazon bot, you know, send me my favourite toothpaste, and it will know enough about you to be able to do that. Yeah, now, just order more could, toothpaste. Could you do you mean do, this one? Yes, do, do that through Amazon Prime. But actually, sort of the underlying technology—is it an app or is it a bot service? I think actually, what we will see in the future is a much greater diversification of the surfaces through which you interact with what we now today know as apps, and in the future they're going to evolve to be much more fragmented in that interaction model. Right. So so next question So we're is, agreed.
0: Well, I think you're still wrong. Well, I'm agreed um, with him. <laughs> just, fair enough. He's well, agreed with me. Yeah. Matt's next question though is, do you think that as apps are able to integrate with the operating systems, and there's more integration, we just talked about that in iOS yeah. 10, for example, how much of a factor do you think that's going to drive the number of apps that people utilise?
2: I think it's going to increase the number of apps that utilize because you're going to break it down into what I would call micro interactions lasting maybe five seconds. Now, I already note myself doing this. So on my iPhone, I have the uh, Today widgets and some of those are for things like Hue light bulbs, which I control using that and don't ever actually go into the Hue app itself because that right. gives me a sufficient level yeah. Of control, And there are a couple of other things that have a currency convert and a few other bits yeah. and pieces. Well, Matt
0: specifically says, are apps just, in the first instance, just going to be like plugins? Like you download the app in yeah. order to get access to the bot or the integration? And I think the answer is yes. absolutely yes, because demonstrably that is the only way that in the next couple of months and maybe years, you can get that integration into your phone.
2: I think that solves the engagement problem that a lot of apps have, that you download them, you use them once or twice, and then you kind of forget about them. You've got to remember them. If you can integrate them into the places where the user already has an established behavior, like the lock screen, like the notification screen, or whatever it happens to be and there, and I think we'll see more of these, or, you know, actually messaging apps are a great example. You already have conversations in iMessage or WhatsApp or whatever. If you can inject your app into that conversation... And, you know, Giphy is a good example. It's a, you know, it's a bit mundane in one sense and sort of throwaway. But that's seeing fantastic usage as an app. But the number of times people actually specifically open up the Giphy app is probably pretty vanishingly rare compared to the times they engage with it elsewhere.
0: So can I ask the chief digital officer a question, please? Oh, jeez. No, 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 I'm not. And I'm not asking. This is not a work question. I haven't gone through the
1: media training, which I presume I'm going to have to do. No, no, no.
0: So just in general, in
1: my opinion, my personal opinion,
0: opinion. but one of the things that strikes me whenever we talk about these bots or talk about surfacing a utility to a user through the operating system, I think about what you and I do in our day job. And I think that's going to fundamentally change the way that brands and companies think about designing services. Because right now, we do that thing that frustrates you, which is think somebody presses our icon and then you come into a world of our brand. This is our world, And we show you an interface and we control the thing. And actually... In many cases, that journey that you can go through and all the functions you do, that's the same for all of the operating systems. And, you know, we might tailor it and design it so that it makes you feel at home. But when we make our servers to support the service, whatever it might be, you know, they all do the same thing and all our users do the same thing on different platforms. But now, if my iPhone has a thing where I can talk to it and ask the company to do something for me or I can buy a service, but Android has a thing that is popping up giving contextual awareness in terms of my notifications, I've actually got to have a really good understanding of the way people use their devices to understand where I can fit into a a framework that already exists. And the people who will succeed surely will be those that have the best understanding of how people use the operating system, not who can actually design a standalone experience inside a box now.
1: Right, or if you take it one step further, it's actually having the understanding of the consumer. So many companies do zero or next to no consumer testing or basically it's assumption consumer testing. And that I think is a problem.
2: You're going to have to be consumer centric, which is a buzzword, but properly consumer centric. I also think it changes the way brands start expressing themselves in digital because in one sense, the future is not going to be made entirely of pixels that you control. You are going to have to represent yourself on other platforms and not have the level of control that you're used to. And in one sense, talking to someone who, who speaks to brands a lot, brands are going to have to switch from having a great deal of control. They're going to have to become much more like ambient brands if they're to get their message across. Nowhere mm. is a better example right now than Apple Wallet and Apple Pay, yep. where Apple Pay controls the kind of overall experience. And you get to it's represent a really your, your brand yep. as a, a kind of card. And actually that's kind of ironic given where that metaphor comes from. But the user expects that to work because that's the way they now do payment with their phone. But the level of control that the bank or whoever is providing the payment instrument is reduced from what would have been an app. And we are seeing some of the brands push back against that. So on Android, you're seeing them take advantage of HCE or host card emulation and NFC to kind of do their own versions. But it's hard to see those being successful against the, kind of the, the platform versions because that's what users are going to be familiar with and that's what they're going to ask for. And I see that spreading much more broadly and to, to Ewan's early point, it will become built into the platform, but it's still going to have to be delivered through an app, even if you never open that app.
0: If you're making a massive investment, let's say you're a bank. And it's pretty much universally accepted now that mobile banking and using mobile apps to manage your money, that's a big thing. I, don't, I just don't think that's a controversial statement It just happens, anymore. it is. It's, yeah. it's very popular and it's getting more popular. You know, fact, fact, fact. Okay, yeah. so no reason to... I can see you're sweating there, right? No, don't, don't panic. Okay. But if in a couple of years' time, as many people expect, mobile is now the main way that your customers manage their money, it's the way they prefer, it's the way you've invested quite a lot of your money to make it really cool, And then there you are bundling along one day and you've got your bot and it's on the thing and your customers can chat through their messaging app and you've got a widget and it surfaces contextually inside of the operating system when it's appropriate and it shows them alerts and this sort of stuff. And then the man from Apple says... New set of rules. Actually, um, you know, all transactions have to be mediated by us because of some naughty person over here did this thing. Or we've decided the chatbot thing, that's not working so well, so we're going to, you know, revise it like they've done with Apple Watch. We're going to negate huge amounts of work that developers have done on a platform mm-hmm. because we've realised it's not really working. All of a sudden, these operating system providers are between you and your customers. I mean, there was already the case. But now not more power, just
1: well, totally in, in between. Often in these situations, you, you hear people talk about oh, our platform partners. And I have to correct them saying, sorry,
0: platform partner. Yeah, show me the contracts that shows equality. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, you know, these are the platforms that we work on. No, no. I think you'll find that they deign to allow us yeah. to yeah. connect to the consumer. Fundamentally, it's all about making sure the customer is delighted i mean if the customer isn't delighted and and being served then you've got a massive problem so i think when those kind of changes happen as they do routinely particularly in banking and in any transaction related territory you have to be live to these changes that happen all the time ios 10 is coming up right and then yeah we want to be paying attention specifically to what what is google and what is apple going to be doing with uh, the next versions of everything to see how is that going to change the business model where it is today, and how we interact with our consumers
0: tomorrow. Take iOS ten because it's yeah. one we're familiar with. We might expect that that introduces some bugs or some changes, and we need to do some maintenance on our mm. applications. And it might introduce a few new features, so we might need to put some new graphics in or write address yeah, some yeah. new APIs to take advantage of that. But Apple have said please, and they've warned us, and yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. blah blah. And that's where everybody's sort of working collaboratively. But well, what, no, no, there's no collaboration going on. It's that Apple set the rule well, but, 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 and it, you respond to but, it. But Apple have opted to be collaborative. They have given us a oh. beta, you know, and they receive the feedback it's and, true. and yes. they try yes. and fix it. And yes, I mean, you're right. It's not, complete, it's game. It's not game. a complete equality, but there is a gentleman's agreement, you know, in order to collaborate through that process. But what happens when the final decision is the wrong one, you know, and actually you can no longer do your business?
1: that's when you'll see these big brands not just in banking but you know way across all different industries that mobile is now serving i think that will be quite a difficult situation for a lot of people to
2: yeah i mean to deal with the new norm will be additional constraints and kind of more gatekeeping and i think the reason that's probably a concern is because digital in general has been well it's definitely been a liberalizing influence and there's been this sort of open frontier mentality But this also speaks to those who are advocates of the open web and web versus app have always maintained that the web is better because it's sort of a level playing field and equal. And actually that's been the concern against apps. And I think it's a perfectly legitimate concern, but it has to be set against the experience that you will be able to set. And as we see more of this integration, I mean, the reason it's happening is, as Ben said, it provides a better consumer experience. And Apple and Google have been better, perhaps because they're more neutral as, gatekeepers of what's good for consumers. And so perhaps it's a failing of they the service being really polite elsewhere. there. Really um, but, polite. Look
1: at Spotify and the trouble they're having with but
2: I was going to say, that's a very pro Apple and Google point of view because I don't think they're neutral all the time. And this is the thing that concerns me going forward. And I think Spotify is a great example of that. And the, sort of the fight with Apple Maps and Google Maps was another example of that. But in one sense, that's kind of the price you pay for this curated experience.
1: And um, now and, you've also got to define... What is a customer and what does owning yeah, a customer and, and owning the experience mean and, and for like I say, a bank, for Tesco, yeah, yeah, for a supermarket chain? What does that mean? Because at the moment it means something very familiar to marketers, which is we've created our own app or our own website, our and own I'm, channel. But I'm about but to ask
0: a question that I don't think any of us can answer, but at what point do regulators become involved to say you, Apple, are exercising unfair control mm. and you need to open your platform in a certain way. Because if the regulators in some geographies stepped in and told Microsoft that they couldn't, you know, force Internet Explorer down people's throats, which we all laughed about at the time, but I could never personally understand why it was anything more than a pain. Mm. But if that was regulated, then the scenario that occurs to me is Apple is reputed to be working on cars or self-driving cars. Mm. Let's say that that is the case and they launch it. How long before Mr. Uber, when he gets cut out of the operating system and, and he's put in second place behind an Apple preferred service before there's some kind of legal change? Well, exactly. Because these companies are now worth billions and operate in tons and tons of geographies. It's not the, uh, and the update, academic conversation the that might be been in the as past. Well, uh,
1: as we saw with Pokemon Go, right? When you press update on your iPhone, people update really quickly. So a new service, Pokemon Go, launches, boom, tens of millions of people have got it overnight. Apple make their change to iOS 10 or 11, you know, millions
2: of people over a space of a couple of days. You know, the business model has changed overnight. Yeah, we're right to be concerned about this, although we should probably go back to the point that Ben made, that actually this future that we see arrives somewhat slowly. You know, there hasn't been that big a change in apps, but there is now, I think, a pretty fundamental shift that we're seeing much tighter integration to the OS and this is what I mean by breaking the app silo, that your interaction with an app happens in more places, and that does give the platform more control, and it is a area of concern. And to answer Ben's question, I mean, I don't think regulation has the framework to deal with that yet because there hasn't really been anything quite like it. I mean, it is bundling in one sense, but when it's built into the fundamental way the operating system really works, can yeah. you really yeah. call it bundling? And I think actually they'll have to use anti-competition laws in order to, to deal with this. That's where my and I mind think mind they will have yet. to mandate access. And so Apple will point to something like extensions and say anyone can use them. And I think what the regulation will do, there'll be rules around... How Apple prioritizes those, and I think they will have to give control to the user. And just as but with Windows, has, you yeah. know, there is which would you like your default browser to be? Apple will be obliged to say what would you like your default service Y, X, or Z to be. I mean, it, it's the hard moment to foresee you have but, to have the
1: government. And I don't think will, Yeah, there's a failure point, right? And
0: they won't be able to move quickly enough.
1: Yeah, exactly. So the market will be thrown up overnight.
0: Yeah. 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 Okay. A few quick fire questions before Mm -hmm. we wrap the episode. I tell you what, when I'm telling you you're wrong, time seems to fly. I've missed these episodes because time just goes fast. (laughs) Okay. Quick fire in order. Okay. So so you're you're each just going to answer one question and then we'll move on. All right. So. now wait a minute. Quick
2: fire,
0: Ray. Quick fire. Okay. Okay. So, So keep your answers under seven or eight minutes. No problem. Ewan, what do apps look like in the next few years?
1: they will have more and more extensions into and entry points in from the operating system
2: itself.
0: Rafe, how are we going to find apps and install them?
2: Obvious answer here is Google Instant Apps, the way that you'll be able to stream apps from a web search or a web link. And that will really blur the boundaries between web and apps. But I also think we'll see much more the idea of cross-sell that you will start in one app and it will encourage you to go to another one. If you haven't installed it, you'll install it or it will stream it as ever becomes necessary. We can start to see a glimpse of this with iOS 10 and iMessage that there's a mini app store inside iMessage that then lets you install those extensions. So it's going to be much more diverse discovery. What new things are apps going to do?
1: I think that they will make the experience of living that bit nicer. Generic yeah. answer. <laughs>
0: All right, my answer? I would like them to do a Go lot of thinking then.
1: for me. Well, so, uh, yeah, that's what the, I meant. I, mm, like, oh, come on. Yeah, the experience t- of living, that's what I mean. Yeah, True, well, you know. The second one was a answer. You can read answer. that
0: context into it, come you, on. If you're being very charitable. I think the context word is absolutely key, which is because apps are going to show up in more places and have more surface points, they will be able to see what I was doing and what I'm trying to do, and therefore actually... They're going to jump As in with if Google or Apple or so. But I think the integrations you're already talking about in a very simplistic way already allow that. Okay. Okay. And if you are popping up in the middle of my conversation flow, with me saying, i want to go and buy something, I'm going to order a car, or I'll be with you yeah, soon. Oh, you know?
1: I'm not having that. That's not ridiculous. So I'm talking to you and Rafe saying, hey, I'm thinking about a new yeah. car, and up pops an no, 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 advert, no, advert no, no. saying, oh, would you like to but, buy a car? But
2: that's the whole point. AI and big data, when married to context, will provide much more intelligent apps that instead of you having to think, I would like to do this, it's already tapping you on the shoulder. It's thinking before you thought about it. Yeah, don't I, don't I, interrupt I, my conversation. I mean, Five be...
1: minutes later, say, look, are you, are you thinking about it? It looks yeah. like you're not very busy. No, no, are you thinking it, about buying a car? It, as
2: soon as it does that, it's spans it has to yeah. be done right yeah. and it's going to be really hard and to and do I, it I was
0: thinking more about talking about like I'm on my way to the pub and having a contextual thing about like an Uber button Two we, we think that you're about to make a journey do you want to order the Uber now in the middle of the conversation yes go okay, okay, bash, fine. You know, yeah. but the point is that whether it's spammy selling me a car or, or letting me conveniently order an Uber the point is it'll have the context of the conversation right, like and I won't be having to go into a web browser to do a search for the things I for or the go things and I download the app to then do it yeah. okay Rafe Blanford how will they be
2: built i think they will be built using the same kind of technologies presumably swift will continue to progress google will have its own thing so we'll still have developers i think the contrast today is we will have multiple solutions which are relatively thin presentation layers and then we will have a middleware that's serving up sets of apis and then they will be built on the back end and so they'll be like icebergs 90 percent of it will be invisible to use and will be common between all the endpoints And then there will be developers building pretty thin clients across multiple different services, one of which will be the traditional app, another will be the bot, another will be integration with Siri or another app, and that's how they'll be built. Okay,
0: grand. We'll have to wrap it up there. Matt, thank you so much for your questions. We could literally talk about this for another hour Mm -hmm. at least, I think. We're really grateful for making contact and your questions. You can follow Matt at Mr Lacy on Twitter if you'd like to, and uh, you can go to his website, MRLacy.com, if you'd like to find out more about Thanks, Matt's blog and um, also the book that he's written on Windows Phone Development recently. As ever, some thank yous. Thank you very much to Mark at for editing the episode. Thank you to our friends at digital LBI for providing the recording venue. You can get in touch with us if you've got any comments mm-hmm. or indeed suggestions for future episodes at 361podcast on Twitter. We're also on Facebook. We're also on LinkedIn. Or you can go to 361podcast.com, leave us a message, leave us a voicemail, or find a place to send us an email, which many of you do. Thank you. I enjoy reading them. And if I haven't replied to your email recently, then... Um, I'm getting to it. I'm just clearing a bit of backlog. So, good. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Love you. Thank you, Ben. We will be back next week. We will. Bye-bye. You're an objectionable sod this week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think it's not just about apps, and apps are really quite annoying me at the minute, just having to go into someone else's user experience that they haven't user-tested or very poorly user-tested. That is very apparent in a lot of the Android well, I apps. Think, I think we we're with.
2: struggling with, with definitions here, because from a technical point of view, I think you ought to accept that that's still going to be delivered inside a container that's called an app. But the no, app that's,
1: that's my point, Blanford. I was saying no. Yeah, no, no, I no, I think but, it should be a service facility. Well, I, but, but I don't want
2: You still have to install Why? something onto the phone itself. Because, well, okay,
1: well, you don't install anything onto your web browser.
2: It just works. Yeah, but you go to a website... I mean, that's, to me, that's analogous with installing an app. I
1: don't agree. Move on to Apple Pay on web. And you're beginning to get an experience whereby at least you're still having to visit the website. So I suppose that is a little bit like having to go to an app, but the website doesn't say, hold on a minute. Can you please let me access your flipping contacts? I, Can you please let me access it?
0: No, but that, that, those are just hygiene issues. They'll get sorted. I mean, oh, what yeah, they? So that's why I'm, what I'm, I'm not, looking beyond that. Yeah, you seem I, incapable of doing that. Does it worry you that, like, both of you have got jobs where, like, it's Rafe, your job to advise people and you, and imminently your job to make decisions about not just how will it be in science fiction land, you know, in 10 years' time, mm. but like next month? What should people put their money and time into to build the first step towards that science fiction land? Because it's Experiment, experiment,
2: test, 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 test. Persuading people to do that kind of investment is very difficult yeah. because a lot of the time they're not even conversant with kind of current app technology. And, you know, justifying that kind of investment can be quite difficult because we can talk about quite long return times. And actually, the goalposts are moving right now. If you have, um, if you have me, all of actually, the money... The, the investment right now should be going into the technical architecture, because I think what isn't in doubt is that there will be more endpoints. Quite what form they take and how they're represented, right. I think, is in, in okay, flux. Wait, we're, we're,
0: I'm going to stop you because we're doing more of the yeah, episode now. Yeah. And I was more interested in your opinion. Like, you know, would you sit in front of of somebody you worked with and said... Let's take that money that we've got, that limited bit of money, and I want you to spend it on doing primary research. I want you to go and find out how people will talk to bots today. Or do you sit back and just go, look, Apple will sort it out. Somebody, you know, somebody, Facebook will sort it out. Somebody with all of the money is going to do one and it's going to be good enough that we'll all copy it. You've got, I
1: think there is some luxury to say, well, let's see what the market does. There's an, there's an element of saying, yeah. let's see what happens. Let's watch very carefully. Yeah. But I think you need to be talking to the customers. And if you're not talking to your customers, then I think it's really difficult to understand what they may want in the future, let alone what they would like now. And some of the things that I've been involved in in the past, you know, either you make the wrong assumption or you actually make the right assumption by saying, let's just put this in here. And all of a sudden making one small change to an app can increase revenues or or actually change how the customer behaves way, way, way beyond any predictability
2: I, I absolutely agree and actually i think it's the culture of the company tends to set the ambitions of a company and you know so that's why it's important to make this investment because quite often there might not be a direct return but it has a impact later on and so that iterative cycle of you know experiment that you talks about that's not just about the future that's about what you're doing right now and 90 percent of your investment should be in your kind of current stack and what you're Getting doing right, right now. now yeah and you're right you can make one change it suddenly has this really dramatic impact and talk about onboarding of an app for example taking out a couple of steps or making it a bit easier to sign up introducing touch id or android imprint into an app suddenly you see usage shoot up by 20 percent. equally well you will spend 10 percent of your budget looking a bit further ahead and that's where i think research is often very helpful because that can be very informative of where your roadmap goes but also there can be proof of concepts. And that's honestly, it's where I see bots right now and not forgetting that for a lot of companies they can have a, a big PR impact, but also, you know, setting that internal culture and that attitude. That Skyscanner. Yeah, yeah, the Skyscanner mm.
1: bot we had to look at. Yeah, you know, that, that's a great example of them playing with the technology and seeing how people use it and just getting an idea. of. And does that know, not does inform
2: that, your perception of Skyscanner? Yeah, it makes you think they're
1: doing nice stuff. And, and you know, for, for me in particular, I don't know... I, how my mother would feel. I don't think she would care. But for me, that makes me feel warmer.
0: too. And, to and I, and I bet
2: they've learned a lot from that internally. I've been thinking about this a
0: bunch recently, and the one that interests me is rich notifications. Yeah. So I was sitting there the other day, you know, as you do with your American Express, hey, mm-hmm. you just, you know, transactions just been logged. I've been thinking for ages, oh, I've really got to go through and do all my business expenses and add up receipts and things. But here I've got a thing that says you've just made a transaction in this place at this time for these things why can't i just go flick sh- yeah, left yeah. left expense right personal expense or whatever why can't i do that now on a case by case because this is the time it's landing. Because you, you, you talk about bots, and I look at that Skyscanner thing, and I think, oh, it's really cool, it's really cool. And then, you know, you try, and oh, hello, I'd like a plane journey. Yes, where would you like to go? And uh, I'm already thinking, like, give me an interface, bosh, bosh, bosh,
1: I I'm quicker. Yeah. yeah,
0: but actually it's in the notifications, because at the moment we've built this system that tells me all of these really clever real-time things and allows me to do nothing about them. You know, the only yeah, thing I can not, do yeah, is, is to press a button, wait a few seconds, and then
2: go well, you know, yeah. that.
1: That's because iOS in particular has got no function.
2: Android's it's better there. There. And, there. I mean, they, they both are, but actually I think yeah. the importance here is we've had notifications in real time, but we haven't had micro-interactions yeah. in real time, and that's where the excitement of doing stuff outside of the app. And there's a few th- examples of where it's happening right now, but it's only yeah. scratching the surface, and most of that is still... Even in the widgets, it's just presenting a bit of information in one simple button. I, I kind of wish for just a little bit more, you know, those three or four steps.
0: One more niggle from me. Apps that can't cope working offline. Ugh. Like Ugh. I, so. That is a uh, Silicon Valley thing, that. It's a Silicon Valley thing, but actually... will never
2: be without
1: connectivity.
0: None of the institutions that we work with. Yeah. But I was using a, an application from a bank recently, right. one that's just been republished. And it keeps pausing between screens because it has to go and get all the data and there's a big spinny thing i think oh that's a pain but then i went through a tunnel on my train and nothing first of all that's annoying but secondly i think that we're going to have to develop a language where everything you have on screen has a like a kind of a freshness indicator because what i really want is don't go to the server show me the best information that you last had like in most cases, yeah, I don't ne- out, but I don't so need know. it to be real time. If I'm looking at a list of my banking transactions, I don't mind if you say, here are the transactions as of half an hour ago, because yeah. it still gives we me a a lo- more. Yeah, it gives me a load of value because these are the stuff you already yeah, know. Right, just blank. But actually so many of our interfaces are just like, you know, kind of suggest this is a real time view. We don't it have any really we don't have any language or just sort of design language that's become common around, you know, kind of i wasn't yeah. able to update this so this is a view that's aging effectively you know but i think as that happens more as opportunities for context appear more in the app there's going to be more points of what should be yeah. real-time interaction that are delayed by a network connection or being offline
2: and i think the complexity of that presentation and dealing with how do you then switch back into live whatever is a challenge facebook deal with that well when you post something and the app's offline
0: it's queued it up yeah. in the background i mean that's, and, and, a, and, that's
2: the, and that's the way it should work it's actually easier when you're doing submissions when you've got New content flowing in that you replace because, you know, people are reading it and we've all seen it with something like Twitter where a whole bunch of new things come in and sometimes it replaces what you're reading or you scroll too far down a auto or infinite scroll list. So I think there are challenges to overcome that particularly with the constraints of mobile are, are felt more there.